This is Indie Business Podcast, Episode 61. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Indie Business Podcast. I am your host, mentor and coach, Donna Maria, the founder and CEO at IndieBusinessNetwork.com and the hostess of the Indie Cruise Retreat and the Maker Mastermind Experience. My goal is to help you build a solid business foundation, increase your income, and use your business to create the life you love. In this maker story, I'll introduce you to Deshaun Russell of Southern Elegance Candle Company in Rayford, North Carolina. Deshaun, a teacher by trade, started making candles as appreciation gifts for her coworkers. Everyone raved about them, so she started selling them at the local farmer's market and craft shows. You'll hear Deshaun tell her maker story in her own words. Plus, you'll hear all about how she secured her first studio space. One of the best things about this episode is the mindset Deshaun displays. As she tells her story and answers my questions, you'll see exactly how her approach to life and business has helped her to propel her candle company to great success in just two years. You can find an outline with resource links and show notes for this episode at IndieBusinessNetwork.com forward slash 61. We'll talk with Deshaun in a minute, but first I want to tell you about Maker Mastermind Live, my live event coming up in Nashville in November. If you're a maker with an emerging business, basically you're just a couple of years into your business, or you need help getting things off the ground because you want a business, but you don't know what to do first, this event is for you. I'll introduce you to my four-part Indie Method Framework, and you'll have a chance to work with like-minded business owners to replace all of your general ideas with execution strategies and benchmarks and timetables to help you move forward with your ideas and turn them into tangible business action. You'll also enjoy business critiques, collaborative idea sharing, and a chance to attend my mastermind dinner and get your own mini headshot photo session with a Nashville photographer. Register today at MakerMastermindLive.com. And now let's talk to Deshaun Russell of Southern Elegance Candle Company in Rayford, North Carolina. Deshaun Russell of Southern Elegance Candle Company in North Carolina. Welcome to the Indie Business Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Now, I am in North Carolina with you in Charlotte. I'm a little bit further south. So you tell us where exactly you are in our state. We are located in Rayford, North Carolina, which is right outside of Fayetteville, North Carolina. My husband is retired military. He still works on Fort Bragg. So um, Rayford kind of butts up against both Fayetteville and Fort Bragg. Okay, well, if you haven't heard of Brayford, Rayford, everyone, I know you've heard of Fort Bragg, so we kind of have a context for that. Now, you have a candle business, and we're going to dive into that in a bit, but I first would like to ask you, Deshaun, if you could tell us how you started your business, and of all the things that you could make and sell, why candles? 
I actually um, was a teacher for over 20 years, and I started making soaps and sugar scrubs and candles just as teacher appreciation gifts because I was one of the leaders in the school. So just to show my grade level that I was in charge of, how much I appreciated them, I learned how to do a lot of crafts. And I am definitely not a crafty person. I am literally from the city. So, but I learned how to do these things just as gifts. So everybody liked the other stuff, but the candles were just phenomenal. Like everybody was just like, your candles are the bomb. So I started selling them at um, the local farmer's market and craft shows. And then one day I decided that I hated my job and that I just absolutely could not go back in there. And I just went in and I quit. And everybody was like, what are you going to do? You've been a teacher for 20 years. And I was like, I think I'm just going to sell candles. And of course, people looked at me like I had lost my mind. <laughs> but that's what happened. I was just like, I quit and I'm gonna make candles. And I started my company. I love that story. And I want to pause there for a second, because it sounds like you lost your mind, like I lost mine, like I had, and I mean, you probably had way more success than I did early on. But when I went in and quit my job, it was literally something I had thought about that morning. Um, I gave two weeks notice, people thought I was insane. Um, and but that was a long time ago. And nobody was doing it back then when I did it, like, no, like, I was crazy, nobody was doing it. Um, so tell us when you did it. And I, I'm because I want to get the time frame because I wonder if it makes a difference, like the decades that we do it in. Like I did it almost 20 years ago. How about you? Okay, so this was actually, I've only been in business two years. So last year was my first full year in business. This year is my second full year in business. So we're talking about three years ago is when I went in at the end of the school year, and I quit my job. And actually, I hadn't planned on quitting. Um, I knew I was feeling a little restless and like I wanted to do something else. But the principal was so mean. I had asked her a question, and she just kind of snapped at me and made a little flippant remark. And I just looked at her and was like, you'll have my resignation in the morning. And then I kind of had to like, walk away like what did <laughs> I just say I, that <laughs> ah, but then I had to go home and tell my husband like um <laughs> I just quit my job and he was like well what are you gonna do and I said well I think I'm gonna make candles of course he was like you quit a job you you quit your job to make candles yes and I was like just a year just give me a year to see if I can make it work yeah yeah, and yeah. He, you got one year to kind of figure this thing out and <laughs> I had to get serious and I had to um, figure out a lot of things and I had to get a lot of help. It's not like I just quit my job and I just did it on my own. I had to get help. I got a lot of assistance. I um, work with consultants to make sure that I was, you know, doing everything right. So it's not like I just quit my job and was selling that right, flea right, marketing. Right. Successful. <laughs> That's not it. But I mean, but <laughs> that's kind of. Yeah, still too. quit your job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that because, so let's see, three years ago. So it's not as atypical, you know, where we are today or where you were when you did it 2014 or so 
it's not that atypical to see people quitting their jobs to start their own businesses, right? I mean, I'm sure you may, may not have paid much attention to it when you had your traditional job, but I'm sure you see it all around now. I actually tell people not to quit their job. Right. <laughs> like, I, talk to people, I tell them don't quit your day job until you are making at least as much money on the side from your side hustle as you would make from your day job. I was Do they very listen lucky. to you, Deshaun? Do they listen to you? Um, yes, most Good. people do because Good. I explain why that you're going to, if you want to use your business, mm -hmm. if you want your business to be your real business and your only business, your branding has to be on point and everything has to be professionally done, mm -hmm. starting with your photography, your labels, your branding. I mean, like everything about your, your brand, if you're currently selling at a you know, a farmer's market, you're going to have to kick, kick it up a notch to be in stores. And I literally lay out what I have personally paid. Like I'm very, very transparent. Mm -hmm. What I have personally paid for services, like this is what you have to pay. And I work with a business consultant monthly, like, because I have, I had no business background. So these are the things that I have to pay for. And I just lay it out. So if you got this kind of money laying around that you can pay somebody in addition to upgrading all of your stuff, right, quit right. your job. other than right. that, you better go to work because <laughs> you're going to need that money from your job to upgrade your current business. That is such good advice. I love that you share that with people. Um, and, and I'll share too, that when I quit my job, I did have to go back to work because <laughs> I did not know what I was doing wasn't smart enough as you as you were uh, to, you know, to get that advice from you um, because you were still teaching at the time, but I would have loved to have talked to you then. So Deshaun, let me just say personally, I have tried your candles. I am sitting next to a box of them because I'm addicted. So let me first ask you if you would share, like how many candles do you have in your line? And then I'm gonna share with everybody what my all-time favorite is, but how many do you have in your line and what are some of your best sellers? So we have 12 cents that we carry year round. Um, and that number kind of fluctuates. We'll introduce, you know, special candles for Mother's Day or something like that. But generally speaking, we have 12 candles that we carry year round. Out of that 12, eight are usually really selling with four kind of hovering in the background. So we keep the line fairly small until the holidays, then we'll introduce some holiday scents. But we try to keep it um, very small. And um, all of the candles are named after Southern destinations. Before, they were very specific with cities, but going into 2018, I'm going to be doing some um, trade shows. So we felt like we needed to change some of the names to give them broader appeal. But all of the scents are still rooted in Southern agriculture. And that's just because I was born in Alabama. I was raised in North Carolina. My husband was born and raised in Florida, in a small town in Florida. So those were things that I was very familiar with. So. Um, it's all Southern, it's all Southern rooted, it's all about Southern agriculture, Southern lifestyle, and just being a Southern belle, which is literally like my life and what I am. Yes, and okay, so I'll just reveal here what my favorite candle is, and you can tell me whether it's one of the most popular ones. Um, my favorite, and I've tried a lot, and you, you probably have records to share what I've tried in the past, but my all-time favorite is the tobacco caramel. Yes, and that's one of our um, best sellers. Um, the current name of it is Durham, after Durham, North Carolina, because there used to uh -huh. be a tobacco 
nicely there. Mm-hmm. But we're going to change the name to Brightleaf, which is a type of um, tobacco that's grown in North Carolina. So in 2018, it'll be Brightleaf. But that is one of our year-round absolute bestsellers. People really, really like it. It's a little sweet. It's a little masculine. But it's a great background scent to have in your home without it being overpowering. It is. And I don't know if this is against the rules, but sometimes I burn it all night long, like while I'm sleeping. And there's probably a warning against doing that, I know. But I put it in a safe place where there's nothing around. But I like waking up to the aroma. And it's interesting, too, because um, while it's not, it doesn't stay as strong in my, you know, in my senses for hours and hours on end, I can still smell it, unlike a lot of other scents and candles that I've experienced, which are wonderful. But after like an hour, like I can't smell it anymore. And I don't have that issue with yours. Like, so do you have like a secret? (laughs) We work very hard with um, developing the right ratio of fragrance to so that when you're burning the candle, you can continually smell it. So we wanted something that wasn't going to run you out of the room, but when you were burning it, you definitely knew that you were burning a candle. Like I'm, I'm a candle burner. And when I burn my candles, I like to smell it all throughout my house. So I might have it burning in the living room, but I want to smell it in the back bedroom, in the bathroom. So, but I don't want it to be overpowering in the living room. So we work with different waxes and different, fragrances and different suppliers and different percentages until we got the one that we felt like hit that sweet spot for what we were looking for. Well, bravo, because that sweet spot was hit definitely in my olfactory area. I just love it. So tell us, Deshaun, like how do you sell your products? Like online stores, tell us what your uh, sales uh, strategy and approach is like. Okay, so my first year, I sold everywhere to anybody at any time, anywhere that I could possibly. Like, I just, I need money. So, on on a website, I just was like, please, just sell my candles. I got to make some of my money back. Right, right. So, this year, I said, okay, this this approach is, this shotgun approach is just definitely not going to work. I made money, but I was drop shipping with different people. I was on websites that I didn't have any control over, and it just got to be too much. So I tell people in the beginning, you got to do what you got to do to get your money. But mm-hmm. as your business goes, you can start being a little bit more selective. So this year, I sell on Etsy, I sell on Amazon, mm-hmm. and then I have my own um, websites. All of the drop shipping type things through Shopify that you can do, all of that type of stuff, just um, other sites that I might have listed my products on, I, I dropped all of those. They were good in the beginning because they did bring me income, but my second year, I just felt like I needed to have a little bit more control over who was buying the product, how it was, how it was being presented and the amount of work that I wanted to put into it for other people. So if I got to work really hard, I want to be the one making the money for it, not, you know, drop shipping for somebody else that really isn't vested in the company. So mostly Etsy, a little bit on Amazon. I don't really promote that, but everybody and their mama shop on Amazon. So I (laughs) I keep them there. They sure do. Well, tell us a little bit about your Amazon experience. Like, is that, has that been fun and interesting? I know Amazon, obviously they recently purchased um, Whole Foods and like I I talked to so many makers and, you know, 
oftentimes they'll say, well, Amazon's taking over the whole world, so I need to have my products there. Like, what, what do you think about that, and how's that going for you? I don't, you know, I don't have a strong opinion one way or the other for Amazon. It doesn't generate a lot of money for me. It generates enough that I keep my products there mm -hmm. because a lot of people order from me on Amazon. But basically what I did was I Googled a lot of um, larger name companies, like companies that I said, I want to sit my candle beside this particular company and have it look like it belongs there. So that was the first thing I did. And then I checked to see if they were selling on Amazon. So what I saw was a lot of larger brands um, are selling on Amazon. So I was in my mind, I'm thinking, well, you know, it can't hurt your brand, so to speak, to be on Amazon if these other larger brands are there. But on the flip side of that, what I noticed is that um, a lot of up and coming um, candle companies are not on Amazon. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of companies have um, rep groups or you know something along that line along those lines where they are exclusively in boutiques and you have to go through very specific channels to order from them mm -hmm. so because i didn't fall in either one of those categories i was kind of free to do whatever i wanted to do with my company so i went ahead and put it there but if I do get picked up at some point or by a rep group and they say, hey, you need to pull them off of um, Amazon, then I'll pull them off. Or if I find that Amazon customers are a little demanding and um, will return something if they don't like it for whatever reason, um, and they can be a little worrisome mm -hmm. sometimes. Mm -hmm. So if it gets to be too much, I will, you know, just stop selling on Amazon. But I think that personally, and I've only been doing this a couple of years. I really believe that you create the brand that you want and that if you want to sell on Amazon, you just have to weigh all of the pros and cons of doing it. Make sure that you're doing your homework, know what your peers are doing, understand why they may or may not be doing it, and then make a decision based off of that, based off of where you want your business to go. But, you know, one of my favorite saying is a, a good, a, you know, a decision is good until it's not. So, you know, you make a decision, you kind of go with it. When you see it's not working, you got to be flexible enough to be able to, you know, change your mind and do something else that do something else that works for your business. And, you know, I love how you describe that, because as very small business owners, um, you know, it's a blessing to be able to have that flexibility. Um, it, it can be a curse when we get sort of. Um, so creative and flexible that we're chasing after every little thing. But it sounds like you have managed to, you know, be flexible and also, you know, you know, also have, you know, something solid and, and, and you know, plan wise that you're also following and you are ready. If Amazon turns out to not be working tomorrow, you are ready to say, okay, enough of that. Let's move on and pursue, you know, other strategies. I think that um, in the beginning, most, small businesses have to be very flexible. And then once you kind of find your rhythm and you find what works and then you start growing, um, then you're not able to be as flexible. I'm finding before I could just introduce mm -hmm. a new scent, just mm -hmm. pop it out there into the universe and then it would be great. Whereas right. now it's like we've grown a little bit, we're in shops. 
I can't just drop a fragrance because I want to, because other people are dependent on me to have that scent. So I'm saying that, you know, in the beginning, you really need to take advantage of that flexibility and find what works. Because as you grow, the business become less and less flexible. You are, mm-hmm. get kind of locked to certain things that are necessary for your business mm-hmm. to continue and Deshaun, how do you feel about that? Like, do you feel like that's, you know, a natural progression that because, you know, these days, obviously, in our, as business owners, we have so many options, like we can be flexible, we can be inflexible, we can kind of do whatever we want, as long as it's working. How, how do you feel about that? Does that growth direction feel good to you personally? I feel like I got to make money. Uh-huh. So- at the end of the day, like I'm always looking at the bottom line because right. this is a business. Right. So I kind of fell into it without a whole lot of um, preconceived notions about how it should be. In fact, I don't know how. I love telling people I really don't have a clue as to what I'm doing. I just figure it out day by day. <laughs> so going through it without any kind of preconceived notions frees me up to make decisions that are that are in the best interest of the business. So if I have to keep a scent because it's very popular, I do that. If I have to drop a scent because it's not very popular, I do that also, even if I really love it. Ultimately, my job is to keep the lights on. I have two employees that work part-time and to make sure that they get paid. So I can't just make a decision that's bad for the business because I have people dependent on me. Because you feel like it, right? Yeah, that kind of guides all of my thinking. This Mm -hmm, is a business. mm -hmm. We got to make money and we got to do what's best for the business long term, Mm -hmm. not just short, but long term. So whatever I have to do, those are the decisions that I have to make. I don't even know what phone this is ringing. Okay, that was my (laughs) That's okay. So tell us a little bit about, about the employees. Like, how do you, um, like, how long did you work before you hired someone? And how do you decide how many hours? And, you know, what, what is that like? So not getting into a lot of personal stuff about myself, but I, I do have, I had a brain tumor and it makes it so that um, when I hit, I can only work so much mm-hmm. and I can feel my entire when I hit the wall right so my first holiday season which was last year I quickly realized I couldn't keep up with wholesaling doing the craft fairs and selling online so I had to hire my first employee last year luckily I was a math teacher so I was used to putting steps in place uh-huh. and I hired former students so he was very accustomed to me saying this is step one this is step two this is step three this is step four And then I wrote everything down so that, and then I plastered it all over the shop. So it didn't matter where you go. If you went into the shipping area, it literally was like step one, do this, step two, do this, step three, do this. If it was making candles, it was heat the wax to this, pour at this temperature, add this amount of fragrance. So everything became, you know, steps. Mm -hmm. Turned all of those steps into an employee handbook. Mm -hmm. So... I think my natural background in mathematics and that whole linear kind of thing really helped me um, set it up for my employees. And then it just, once I saw that those steps like became the foundation of what everybody does, then everything, like literally everything became a system. It doesn't even matter. And when something doesn't work, the first thing I ask myself is, did I put a system in place to address 
whatever the issue is. So if um, orders are going out without the right, um, you know, invoice, thank you card, um, tea light sample, I say, did I put an invoice, did I put a system in place to address what should be in the box when it's going out the door? You know, so just having that mentality, is there a system in place to address this? just made is life is just so much easier for everybody and it doesn't even matter if i show up to work or not i know that the orders are going to get out and everything is going to be pretty much done correctly because we have all of these systems and steps in place for everything and i love that you hired a former student i mean i can see that your background as a teacher um obviously the math part but also just the structure that is inherently in place in an educational institution like you seem to have taken you know, taking the best of that and put it into your business. And it sounds like it's so smart. Do you, are your candles made? Like, do you have a studio? How, how is your maker area set up? So let me just say, I didn't know anybody else to hire. So I just called one of my smart students. Like I called his mom and was like, Hey, can he come work for me? And she was like, you, of course. And so I, I didn't have a lot of options. I didn't, like I said, I, I really didn't know who else to call. So that's how I ended up really with my first employee. But well, so you know, my- let, let me just, let me just pause there for a second, because I have to tell you when my assistant invited you on the podcast, she told me that you said, I would be happy to I just, you know, I hope I have something of value to share. And I thought, okay, well, I, I think she does and we're going to find out, but yes, you do uh, just to make sure, because here's, I mean, you have dropped so many mindset, strategic mindset tips. I, I don't know, maybe when you listen to the podcast, you'll hear them, but I'm, I'm, I'm drinking them all in. I'm seeing them left and right. And one of them is so obvious to me, Deshaun, and that is that you didn't say like, how do I hire? Where do I go? You just sort of looked around your life and said, what do I have around me that I can use? And I'm going to try to use that. And that is just like, to me, it's been one of the hallmarks of businesses, not focusing on, I don't have an employment lawyer, or I don't know what to do and blah, blah, blah. But what, what is the first thing that's in front of me that I can try to use to solve this problem? And you have done that like over and over and over again. Well, speaking of, you said, what space am I in? I tell people, like, my very first space was a single-wide trailer that had Mm -hmm. been converted into a restaurant. Um, So it had, like, back bedrooms in the back, and the front part they had transformed into a kitchen. So that was the only building that literally was available in my whole county um, that was free that I could possibly use. So that's what we moved into as my first space. It still had the freezers, the fryers, like the double sinks, the triple sinks. Like it still had all of that in there. And we just used the freezers for storage. That's where all the storage, um, the oils were kept. The wax was kept in all of the fryers. And we made candles on all of the tables that were in there. Um, and then the, back, the bedrooms that were in the back, we used one room was shipping and receiving where we would ship it out and pick it up from UPS, sort of you know, the post office. And the other room was storage. And we used that until I absolutely just outgrew that space. And then now we are in like a little retail office space that we use. It's a little bit bigger. It's four rooms. Our front room is shipping and receiving. Our middle room is... Um, where we store all of the made candles and then we have a production area and then my office is kind of in the back. So 
um, but every inch of space in here we're currently using, and we are pretty much maxed out in this space. We've been in this space probably about three months, and I've picked up enough accounts that we are already out of room in this space. Now, I met with our economic development coordinator for the county. Mm -hmm. I live in a very small county, and he pretty much took me to every available building in the county that I could move in. And it was one building. It was literally one building available. Just like before. Us. Just like before, yeah. only one. What's the county, by the way? What's it called? Oak, Hoke, H-O-K-E County. Okay, so Hoke County okay. has one available building that suits your needs. So yes. what do you think? <laughs> so we don't know. We, okay. we, we don't I said, I'm going to stay in this space until we absolutely have to move out, and then we'll make a decision about what what we need to do then. I'm hoping that something else becomes available by then, but if not, then we might um, build, we might just build a, a candle manufacturing space. I don't know. I, I don't know. But what I do know is I'm not going to quit, so something is going to happen. Mm -hmm. uh, my grandma the Lord will make a way. So I'm just going to pray and just hope that the Lord makes a way. And I know that sounds kind of cliche, but I don't care. That is where my faith is right now. But my point to all of that was this. Sometimes you just have to really do things and make decisions that you don't even know where they're going to go. Like I'm just, I'm just, when I hired my first employee, I really didn't have anybody and I didn't know what I was doing. And I just hired them. And then I called the people and was like, I'm getting ready to hire somebody. Can you tell me what steps I need to do to make sure that the paperwork is in order? And then that's just what I did. When I moved into the space, I was just like, this is the only space available. This is just going to have to work. And then I made it work until something else came open. And now I'm in this space and something else will come open. But every day is just a challenge. And Maybe because I didn't have preconceived notions, I never limit myself to what I think it should be. I just make whatever's available, I just make that work. So the pride of Hope County, that's who I'm talking to here on Indie Business Podcast today. This is so exciting. So the economic development um, coordinator, are they helpful in other ways? Like, do they have classes do they are there other sorts of resources that they offer in your community that you've been able to take advantage of we have nothing we have okay nothing. so all right so it, i mean so it's the reality of it it's a yeah. depressed county uh -huh. um, we lost a lot of industry i think we suffer from the same um, issues that other small towns mm -hmm. um lost jobs suffer yeah. from they don't have any money to give me. They don't have any classes for training. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, when I talk to people and tell them what I'm trying to do, they kind of look at me like I have lost my mind. Um, <laughs> well, you're used to so, that, though, right? You're used to that. <laughs> yeah, I really am. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, awesome. But I'm just here, and I'm just determined to make it work. Yes, and so, like, what does your husband think now? I bet he's, I bet, but of course, he probably already knew that you were you know, a woman on a mission from, from being married to you, but I bet he's very proud and excited. He is on any given day shocked and amazed that, <laughs> that it, that it worked. So after my first year of doing it, I just kind of came to him and I was like, listen, this is hard work. Um, I've never worked this hard before. And I don't know if I'm going to do this. And then he kind of looked at me and was like, oh, no, you're you're going to do this. You've started it and you're going to do it. Give it another year and see how you feel. So I'm going, like I said, this will be year two. And now I'm at the point where I'm feeling my stride and I feel like 
I can make it work. I can do this. It's hard work, but it's worth it. And I'm going to stick with it. How wonderful to have that support. You know, with gosh, I wish that every entrepreneur had that kind of support. Tell us a little bit more about how, you know, how much that sort of, you know, familial support, especially as you describe like the county that you live in and, you know, not having the people physically around you. How, how important is it to have that support and uh, to help you grow that moral support from your spouse? So, you know, I, none of this could have happened without my husband. So I'm very, you know, upfront and honest about that. He carries all of the bills. So, you know, we went from a, you know, a two income household to basically one. So that in itself um, really meant a lot to me. Now, there's a lot of history behind it. I don't quit my job and follow him around the world because he was, you know, in the military. Uh, so yes. when I came he was kind of like, ah, oh, you've made some sacrifices. The least I could do is give you a year. So he gave me that year. Um, but also, there are plenty of Saturdays where he has to um, keep keep my son and wash clothes and clean up because I'm traveling throughout the state to other, you know, Raleigh, Durham, Charlotte, wherever, trying to sell candles and build brand awareness. So without him stepping in and helping with the dishes and helping, you know, clean up the house and helping with my son, like really literally none of this would be possible the flip side to that is he helps me zero with the business so he may pack up the car <laughs> when i'm going to a festival mm -hmm. but other than that the business aspect of it is a hundred percent my responsibility so there are days that i want to go to him and say hey what do you think of uh, you know here are the finances what do you think about this but i know that that's not his purview if I need him to cook dinner and I need to stay late and work on something, then then I can do that. But I can't have him cooking and cleaning and bringing home business for him to look at too. Like there had right. there had to be some sacrifices that I had to make or some lines that had to be drawn in the sand so that the business didn't completely take over our lives. So he made sacrifices. I had to draw some lines in between all of that. Like we found a system that works, but clearly without him, none of this would be possible without his support. None mm -hmm. of this would be possible. Mm -hmm. And so you're also a mom as well. And the business hasn't taken over your life. So like, what's your best tip to, to help a, a lot of people in that area? Because I see that I hear, I hear that a lot that, um, you know, because when you when everything is on you and when you have quit your job, obviously, um, you know, you have to make it work. And sometimes it's tempting to, you know, forget about any systems that, you know, give you free time with your family and so forth. And you seem to have been able to be at least aware of that. So it doesn't take over your whole life. What what is your mindset approach and what tips can you offer to help other makers and handmade entrepreneurs maintain that sort of approach as well? So the first thing that I always think about is when you say you can have the business that you want, you have the life that you want, your business supports your life. So like that's my first framework. So I'm thinking if the business is taking over too much of my personal life, it doesn't have to be that way. So mm -hmm. I don't have to have a multi-million dollar company if that means I got to sacrifice the relationship with my husband and my son. So like, that's the first thing that I always think about, which thing is more important. Mm -hmm. The other thing is 
I, I, I tell people this, but they always kind of look at me like I'm nuts, but you don't owe people an explanation for how you live your life or how your relationship is with your husband or how you choose to raise your kids. So you don't owe people an explanation. You don't, you do what's best for you. So there are days that my son has to come into work with me and I'm working and he's here doing his work or whatever. There are days when I'm exhausted and, you know, we're eating pizza for the third day in a row because I'm just too tired to cook and my husband has worked all day. And that's just what it is. And then there are other days where we're having great family time because I've scheduled absolutely nothing because I wanted to spend time with them. So there's no balance. There's no right way to do this. There's only what's important to you, your family, and then your business, if that makes sense. So my business is here to support my lifestyle and my family comes first. So if the business is taking up too much room, I just do less business, I don't know. But regardless of what I decide, I don't feel like I have to justify or explain it to anybody else. This I, is I, mine. This is my race. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to run it the best I know how. Well, you are running. Uh, you are on fire running. You know, I love, I love how you describe that because, it's, it, as you said, it's not like, quote, unquote, balance. But um, every day is going to be different. And some days, you know, it's the pizza again. Yeah, sorry. But then when you decide it should not be so, then it's, you know, something different. And, um, you know, I love the flexibility that you're describing as I'm, as I'm hearing it. I have experienced similar. Um, and I think it's fantastic that you have that approach that whatever works for you is what's, is what's going to work. And it doesn't matter what anybody else says. And it's, I, I just love that we live in a time when we can actually say that because it has not always been that way that we can sort of decide what's going to work for us. We've, you know, in, you know, in, in times past decades past, you, you had to look at these four options and that's what you could do. And that was just about it for you. Um, and you, it, it's great that we don't have that anymore. It's just a very exciting time to have a business of your own. What does your son think of all this? How old is he? And is he like, does he have a favorite candle? <laughs> okay, so my son is six, and um, I had him at 40. Um, he's getting ready to be seven, and I'll be 47 soon. So when I tell you that I appreciate um, choices in life, um, that uh, family is important to me because um, I didn't think that I was going to be able to have a kid, and I was, and I actually did. And so he's like the light of my life. So he's very young. Aww. So he does idea. He he doesn't understand what's happening really, um, other than mommy makes candles. That's you know the extent of it. And he <laughs> hates coming to the job because he's bored when he has to come here, but. To your point about choices, when I was in high school and they made us, you know, pick what we were going to be, my mother, who was a teacher at the time, told me to become a teacher because I would be able to find a husband. So that's how I ended up being a teacher, um, because she wanted me to find a good husband, which I did. So her plan kind of worked. But I, I really appreciate being in the position that Mm -hmm. I'm able to make certain choices because I know everybody isn't able 
to make choices. They're not able to quit a job that they hate mm. and start their own business. They're not in a financial position to upgrade everything and get professional everything because they just don't have the money. So I do like, there's not a day that I don't really understand what's happening with the choices that I'm, I'm, I'm actually able to make. And I'm very honest with people when I talk to them about it. Like, these are choices that I was able to make. And I know that you may not be able to make these same choices, but you can still create the life that you want. You know, ultimately, it's 100% up to you to make it happen. So I, I totally get that that about the choices. And I, and I really agree 100% with what you say with that. So Deshaun, as we close out today, like what is on the horizon for Southern Elegance um, besides selling more um, tobacco and caramel to me? Like what, 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 are you, what are you looking forward to? Are you looking forward to opening your own store or doing more trade shows or what, what, what's on the horizon for your business? I remember when I first joined Indie Business, I told you that I wanted to um, have my own store. And you were kind of like, whoa, Nellie, hold on now. <laughs> Did I say that? Oh, no. <laughs> no, you didn't say it quite like that. You were much more uh, <laughs> nicer. Okay. But that was the so I'm so glad I listened to you because like having a retail location is nice, but I did it for a sh very short amount of time. I had a kiosk and I was like, oh, this is definitely not the plan. <laughs> Next year, um, we will be um, exhibiting at the Atlanta America's Born in January. Mm -hmm. I'm also planning to do the smaller one in March and the larger one um, in July. So January and July are their big shows. Um, and we will be exhibiting there next year. Um, if those, if I can pull it together and make it work, um, then we'll add more trade shows. So basically just growing the, um, the wholesale aspect of the business, maybe picking up um, some representation through rep groups or independent reps, um, going that route, looking into that, um, just trying to figure out if I'm gonna do this, like it's a business and I need to make money, I tell everybody I want me a convertible Jag. That is my end goal. So when you see me with that, everybody will see me with the convertible Jag. I'll put it everywhere. Um, so when you see me with that Jag, then you know that my business is where I want it to be. Um, so just growing in and, and trying to get to the point where I'm in a fur coat and a convertible Jag. That's, that's my plan. Hello? Um, yes, I, you put that on a vision board. I love that. You have just described what you want, part of what you want for your future. And uh, I have no doubt because you will have turned that trailer, the only trailer in Hope County, <laughs> you will have turned that into a Jaguar and uh, inspired us and helped our homes smell good and be warm and inviting along the way. Deshaun Russell, thank you so much for all of your you know, you just, you just have a spirit about you that is very filled with determination, filled with common sense. And, um, you know, you have a vision for what you want your life to look like. And I don't think anybody listening to this podcast right now has any doubt that we will be able to take a selfie with you in your fur coat and your convertible Jaguar. And I look forward to that day. And I'm in North Carolina, so I'm track you down in my convertible Mercedes. And <laughs> We can do this thing together, girl. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing. But before we go, tell us where we go to purchase your products, uh, wholesale, retail, and so forth. Let us know where we go. 
So my website is S is in Sam, E is in elephant, the word candle co. So S E candle co dot com, um, and then Southern Elegance Candle Company on all of my social media. Excellent. Well, we look forward to following you. And guys, I, let me just tell you, her candles are the bomb. Do not buy all the tobacco, tobacco caramel, okay, because that's mine. So, um, but you know what, when I shopped at your website, um, which was just like within the last five or six days, it was like so many candles there, like you had so many candles in stock. So I just applaud you for, you know, everything that you've done and, and how you've put everything together and for the wonderful fragrances that, that we can take advantage of. And as we wind down toward the holiday season, before I let you go, let me just ask you this. What are the holiday scents that we have to look forward to, Deshaun? So this year we have Fireside, Sugar Plum, Cranberry, Zinger, Orange Spice, and Pumpkin Souffle. Those are our holiday scents. Fireside. Can you describe that one for me? Sorry, everyone. I know it's selfish, but I, I want to get, get the goods on it. It's, it's actually, it's very earthy and it's, it's so weird because when you're burning it, mm -hmm. you can kind of smell the char. It's like a sophisticated lodge type smell mm. with the wood burning fireplace and the logs beside the fireplace and it smells like Christmas and it smells like burning pine without it being like something that's on fire. So it has that nice lodgy Christmas in the mountains kind of smell to it. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for that description. Look out tobacco caramel. You might be at least temporarily replaced over the holidays. Um, thank you for sharing that. We're going to be looking forward to that. Again, everyone, S ecandleco.com make sure you check it out and uh, stock up for the holiday and beyond and uh, make sure that you take some of this uh, Deshaun mindset with you as well you can create the life that you want to have Deshaun thank you so much for joining us we are inspired and and ready to move forward with you thank you so much for having me okay bye-bye Well, I hope you enjoyed my interview with Deshaun Russell of Southern Elegance Candle Company in Rayford, North Carolina. Let's review some of the things Deshaun and I discussed during this episode. There's three points that I want to make. Number one, decide to do it and then figure out how you'll actually do it later. In business, you just have to make decisions sometimes without really knowing exactly how you'll execute those decisions. You can worry about that later, but the most important thing that you have to do is to just decide. Deshaun talked about that a lot in this episode, and I think we can all learn a lot from her example. Second, don't let your business take over your life. This is super hard to do. There are times as an entrepreneur when it will happen, like your business will kind of spill over into your life and it'll threaten your life with your family, your life with your friends and so forth. Deshaun says it doesn't have to be that way. Among other things, she said she doesn't have to need, have to run a multi-million dollar company if it means she'll have to sacrifice her relationship with her husband and her son. So you can take note of that and you can do whatever you want to do to prevent that sort of thing from happening to you in your life. And thirdly, you don't have to explain yourself. Do what's best for you at any given time in your life and your business. You don't have to explain or justify any of those decisions to other people. Deshaun talked a little bit about this too and how, you know, if she has to serve pizza for three days in a row because 
that's what it takes to make things work one week, well, then she does that. There's no right way to do it. There's only the way that works for you. Such great advice. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to share it with someone you know and help spread the word. Indie Business Podcast is all about you and the indie business revolution because you are breaking the mold of traditional entrepreneurship and creating success on your own terms. I'm so excited to be on this journey with you. You can catch every episode of my podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast streaming app. And if you are listening on iTunes, Won't you do me the honor of rating this podcast? It helps me so much to know that you appreciate the amazing people and stories featured on the Indie Business Podcast. You can also share episodes from the blog at IndieBusinessNetwork.com and we'll be right there with you all the time with all of our share links. Very easy to share with your friends on your social media favorites. I will see you on the next episode of the Indie Business Podcast. In the meantime, break all the rules, build your own corporate ladder, and create the life you love.